Hi, welcome to the Fitness Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Wilkinson, aka The Online Coach. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at The Online Coach Co. Otherwise, check out my website, theonlinecoach.co. All my information, training plans are all there. I've been in the fitness industry for nearly a decade now. I've helped hundreds of people achieve their health and fitness goals through simple and proven methods. On this week's show, I'm going to be starting with a little bit of a ramble. I'm just going to be talking all things that are happening in the world. November 2020 is getting even crazier than the first part of the year, potentially. Another lockdown, US politics, all kinds of crazy stuff. I've come off social media, I've literally, well, I've not deleted it this time for a change, but I have deleted my apps. So if you can't get me on Instagram, Facebook, or WhatsApp, I'm not ignoring you. I'm just trying to stay out of the way. Well, let's call them all the infectious disease experts, uh, politics experts that I seem to know for some reason on there. And to end the show in the second half when I've done with all my grumpy rants, I'll be talking about all things biceps training. Now, it sounds boring just focusing on one small muscle, but I've got so many tips of do's and don'ts, and I can guarantee there'll be some stuff in here that you won't know, and if you implement them, you'll get more progress. Hello, guys, and welcome to episode 18. Thank you very much if you're here. I want to say that straight, well, straight off the bat. Does that make sense? I don't know. Straight off the uh, start line, just because I've not promoted this episode yet, just as such, as I earlier detailed right in the intro, uh, I've deleted my apps for social media, WhatsApp, all that stuff. So if you're actually listening to this episode now, you've just come onto your podcast app, whatever that is, you found my new episode and you're listening to it. I didn't need to force it down your throat. I didn't need to post it online numerous times. You're here, you're listening. Thank you very much. So I'd say if you're listening now at this point, you're one of my purest fans. Isn't that a great thing? <laughs> now, another lockdown is due. It's due to start on Thursday. Um, obviously, today's Monday. Obviously, if you're listening late in the week, it probably already is lockdown. Um, I'm recording this last minute. It is Monday lunchtime and this podcast will be out on the Monday evening. It already seems a little bit crazy outside. People are um, apparently already queuing to get in shops and stuff, trying to get the last bits and bats before we go into a four and a bit week lockdown. Four and a bit? Eh, something like that. Um, what I fail to kind of grasp though is the internet's still working. Online shopping still working. Why, why is everybody panicking again? It is four weeks. I mean, it's supposed to be four weeks. That's what Boris said, and why wouldn't I believe Boris? I have no reason to not believe him. First time round, you know, he said, we'll go into a three-week lockdown on March, or whatever it was. It was only about four and a half months later that we got out of it, so <laughs> I, just, I just don't understand why people wouldn't believe him. That's sarcasm, by the way. Um, so... Let's see what happens. Um, I'm, again, just avoiding the shops as well, I guess. I'm quite miserable, really, but what are you going to do? So, I mean, this morning, um, it's the first working day after the announcement um, in the run-up to everything shutting again. 
Um, I'm still not really none the wiser on actually what is shutting. Uh, I went to the McDonald's drive-thru to get a flat white this morning because I don't know when I'll be able to get my next one, but I mean, are they going to be open still? Are the drive throughs going to be open? McDonald's weren't open at all, I don't think, in the first lockdown, so... Um, anyway, I don't know, but I went anyway just because I thought, well, I'm going to have to put up with the brews I make at home for a month, so... I need to make the most of the ones somebody else can make me for a while. And the drive through was absolutely heaving, as you'd imagine. Everyone else has got the same idea. Um, I don't quite understand the etiquette at McDonald's drive through So, as you're coming up to the drive through um, obviously there's the first queue to get round to the um, part where you order with the microphone. And then there's obviously, well, most McDonald's will have two lanes that kind of come round. Um, and... I don't know what what the rules on that so basically if there's two you kind of alternate with who goes around the back um microphone i call it microphone that doesn't sound right but spot to order through the microphone and then the obviously the other next cow will come through on the the near side one and then it was i was under the impression i might be wrong i'm not a a regular mcdonald's goer or i'm not anyway at peak times i'll usually just pop in whenever to get a coffee um but l- listen to this basically That's probably the best way rather than talking gibberish but so i went through round to the back bit because there was a gap to go around and it keeps kind of everything moving car behind me went through onto the inside one a few seconds later um they managed to order before me um and then there's that awkwardness where you've both ordered and like you're both thinking Who's going to go first here? You know, as you've both kind of ordered and you're moving forward to go around to pay. It's like, well, I might be insane to say this. I was the first one in the queue. I don't care if you've got a chance to go in front of me. I should be the first one to go back in front and get out of the queue and go and pay. But no, 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 no. This man in his Peugeot, driving instructor, went off in front of me and to be honest I wasn't actually even annoyed because I was busy talking to Harvey in the back um, of the car at the time and then I thought after I thought that car was behind me before and I just let him through well is that the rules is it not the rules I don't know anyway but yeah that's uh that was my Monday morning in the pre-lockdown time that we have over the Monday Tuesday Wednesday gym shutting again um and this is going to be a really frustrating one for a lot of people because myself included feel like I've got to the point of being back at the level I was at before lockdown strength, endurance anything, muscle size, all that good stuff um, it feels like I just got back to the exact spot I was at right before lockdown um, I mean I got back to close to it quite quickly but this is a bit of a kick in the teeth I'm not going to lie um yeah it's a frustrating one and then obviously after that things are going to reopen um but then it's december and that's not a great time for gyms um some rumors might be depending on what gym it is you go to i assume if it's a pure gym or something like that it won't matter but you know if you go to like a local authority gym um or like a i don't know one of these uh single site um not a chain basically gyms in like a little basement 
they could end up being shut for two weeks over Christmas anyway because they're that quiet. So we're, we're at a situation where we could be off now, um, out the gym for four or five weeks. We could be allowed back in for a couple of weeks. And then your gym might shut for two weeks anyway over Christmas and New Year. So what's going to happen? <sighs> and then, say your gym does shut for two weeks over Christmas. Comes to January, and you're going to have all those annoying new people in there. So it's not really been a great outlook over the last um, last year or so, but I am low-key optimistic that if we get through this wave, um, there might be a third wave, potentially. I don't know. I think it was the Spanish flu. Um, I know it's going back a little bit, but apparently that did have three waves, and the second one was the worst, which... Um, apparently this one is supposed to be or projected to be worse than the first one so you can look at that maybe as a good sign because if it is to go in a similar kind of trajectory as the Spanish flu which it probably isn't but we need to have something to hold on to then this is gonna be the worst one there might be another little one kind of February March this is purely a guess by the way there's no science science behind this um, probably as much science behind this as what Boris uses but hopefully beginning of summer springtime could be out of the woods and there is a lot of rebuilding to do building back people's confidences confidences confidence um things will gradually reopen there's always going to be you know if there's, t there's already been two waves now and um, there's going to be a third one <sighs> people are going to be going to be very cautious if there's going to be another one so even if there's maybe only three waves um, and we get a vaccine early next year I think it's going to take a big chunk um, even if we are out of the woods in spring for everything to kind of get back to normal I would imagine it'll be the back end of summer that everything's back to normal um, or really really close to it 99% but I am low-key optimistic that 90% of the things will be back with some extra precautions like face masks um, early spring but that's just me and what the hell do I know now I sound like all those people on my social media that I'm trying to get away from. It's me doing a podcast talking about infectious diseases. So, that's the end of that bit. Now let's talk about something, the most important matter. The most important matter on this planet right now, which I am an expert in, bicep training. So I'm going to do my best not to ramble, um, which I say probably two to four times every podcast and still ramble, but... I'm going to do my best to not do, and I'm going to try and just give you almost bullet point, um, short paragraph, answers, action points, take them away, jot them down, implement them, guarantee, I can guarantee some of these are going to help. Um, there's quite a lot, there's a lot of little things, uh, marinate on the information, think about it, try and apply it to somewhere or something you're doing. Um, who doesn't want bigger biceps? I mean, come on. So. First off, rather than me telling you things you should be doing, um, let's go through a couple pointers of the things that you shouldn't be doing when you're training biceps. So, simply thinking that doing more um, is better, whether that's more weight, more reps, more sets. Um, more is not better. Better is better. And that's literally all I'm going to say on that point. Um, don't focus on on moving the weight and completing a certain amount of sets and reps. Um, execution, like I've probably said this 
meh, every other episode. So, maybe nine times so far. How you execute an exercise is, is more important than the weight, the sets, the reps, or even sometimes what actual exercise it is. It's the execution of the movement that is the most important. Um, next point, don't train them just once a week. It's a small muscle group, which means they recover quite quickly. In comparison to larger muscle groups, it's less um, taxing on your central nervous system and your overall fatigue levels. So if you want optimal growth for your biceps, you probably need to be hitting them two to maybe up to four times a week. And I'll only say up to four um, if that's included on rowing movements and back movements where they're a secondary muscle because you will, you are still hitting them and um, with rows and some upper body lifts. So you should count that as part of your um, volume, even though it's not direct work, it's still secondary. So you, should, you could almost count that as kind of like, um, I don't know, one set of rows, um, sorry, one set of bicep curls where it's direct work is the same as maybe two sets of rows where it's secondary work. So it's almost like half a set on biceps for every, um, every time you do a set where it's a secondary muscle, if that makes sense. Um, but direct work, I would go for anything from one to three. But, but that one is assuming you're doing maybe a couple of times of secondary movement. Just have to think about that a few times there, because a lot of numbers fly around my head. So aim for two, maybe three, basically. God, I could have said that and cut out maybe a minute there, but. <laughs> That's the way it is. Um, and don't get attached to certain types of exercises because you see Instagram influencers doing them. Um, free weights aren't necessarily better than machines or cables. I see that um, all the time, all the time. Free weights are better than machines. Well, it depends what you're trying to do with them. If you're trying to get good at free weight exercises like deadlifts, or um, power snatches or hang cleans, then free weights are gonna be better than machines. But if you're trying to develop a muscle, they're not necessarily better. They're not necessarily better. So it all comes back to that why. Um, so don't get attached down to some random bros principles online like myself. Um, question everything. Don't be afraid of using machines and cables. If it's up to me, for some muscles like biceps and triceps, maybe a couple of other um, muscles in my body, I would actually prefer to use cables and machines. So a few tips for actually executing biceps exercises properly. You need to make sure that your setup is perfect, um, that you're in the right position so that the lift will maximize the recruitment of the biceps and you're not gonna get any secondary muscles coming in. It will minimize any swinging or momentum. You set up in a position where it's strong and then what moves me on to my next point will actually stabilize the body. So you wanna be locked in. Um, again, any other movement that comes from your body during a bicep curl is gonna bring in other muscles. And if you bring in other muscles, it's actually gonna take away from the biceps. And if you're taking away from the biceps, you are not optimizing the growth and progression of that. So set it up and stabilize it and lock it in. And then this kind of moves me on to the last point. 
about the execution of a bicep exercise is make sure you start the movement with the biceps. Now that sounds hmm, a little bit crazy and this is going to be quite hard to explain over a podcast. But So picture this, guy in the free weights, typical bro, oh, I love taking an account of bros, probably because deep down I know I am one and I try to hide myself, but um, he's got a really heavy weight, he's going to max out on his bicep curls. Now the first thing he will usually do if he's a stupid bro, which he is, because he's called Kev, whoever the hell Kev is, and if there is a Kev listening to this, I'm sorry, it's not you, it was just the first name that came into my head. Um, the first thing you should be doing is not what this guy's doing, because usually if he's going too heavy on it, because he's done way too many sets, way too many reps, way too much weight, is he'll push his bum back, and then he'll almost drive his hips into that bar and push his thighs into it to get a moving start. It might only be subtle on the first few reps where he's not that tired, but if you look towards the end of the set, he's almost power curling that, using his uh, his hips and his legs to almost swing himself into the bicep curl, lean back a little bit to get that weight up to the top. Now, he might get full range, so you can't criticize him and say he's doing half reps, but if you look, the subtle little things, like the little movements at the hips, you're not actually using the biceps fully, so it isn't a full bicep curl. So then you need to ask yourself that question, which he wouldn't, because it pads his ego, to put 15 kilograms on either side of the bar, tell his mates he's curling 50, but here's the thing, if he dropped it down, just put five on either side and he was doing just 30 kilograms and stabilized, locked in, started the movement with the bicep, zero swinging, the growth he would get in his biceps would be better with less weight. And now the beauty of less weight means, well, it's, it's less taxing on your body, it's less fatiguing, you're going to get less joint soreness, less chance of injury. You'll generally recover mm, a little bit quicker, or at least your joints will. You'll tax the actual muscle more, which is what you're trying to do. So not only will you get better progression and grow your biceps better, well, the other thing is, that will help that. It'll mean you're not as fatigued a couple days later, so you can hit biceps again. And again, that will also push on your progression, being able to train more frequently, and obviously not getting injured is a huge part of that as well over the long run. And it's just really a win-win situation. It just, it, it drives me crazy to a certain extent seeing these guys um, just swinging around, throwing the weight up to the top, and they'll wonder why um, a year's time from now, they, you know, they might have increased the bicep curl by 10 kilograms, and they might be curling three times as much as I am but they still look the same the biceps haven't got any bigger and it's just because they've learned to get better at moving the weight from A to B going from the hips all the way to the top of the bicep curl it's got nothing to do with them stimulating the bicep nothing to do with it at all and if you're not doing that you're not going to grow and that's this guy but he can go down to the pub later tell his mates that he can he can now bicep curl 60 kilograms they're looking at him though, because they don't go to the gym with him. You go to the gym by yourself mainly and thinking, what with them? Yeah, whatever mate. Short round anyway, I think it's a pint. But you see what I mean basically, you see what I'm getting at. Now the final couple tips that I'm going to give you 
um, is just basically about maximizing the range of the bicep, the full range from um, like a full stretch position where the muscles completely lengthened and also working the muscle in a fully contracted position as well. Um, this will maximize the growth and the strength. Um, maximizing your strength in these more extreme ranges, so in the lengthened and the more contracted positions, will optimize your strength in the main part of the movement as well. So it's really good. It's a really good kind of place to get strong in the extremes um, and also to just stimulate more um, fibers in the muscle. So a fully stretched bicep, and I'm gonna try to describe this to you and this is gonna be hard. Um, now imagine you're sat on a chair. Now you've got your hands down by your side so they're kind of dangling down the side of the chair. Palms are facing in towards your legs and then all you're doing is pushing the arms back behind you like you were trying to grab someone's knees that are behind you basically. And that's pretty much a fully stretched bicep with the arm fully straight and locked out. And that's pretty much it. So how do you work the bicep in that position? Well, rather than sitting completely upright, you can put the bench on an incline, so just knock it back a couple of, of um, notches. So you kind of lent back a little bit. Um, you might have heard my voice get quieter here as I move away from the mic because I'm kind of doing these movements as I'm explaining them. But yeah, um, sit back on an incline, bring the arms down to the side of you and they'll hang down naturally. So they actually are maybe, eh, there's a 45 degree angle between the torso and your arms as they kind of dangle behind you down towards the floor. Lock it in. Dumbbells in hand maybe at this point would help. Um, yeah, that's probably pretty key to this. I'm going to do curls in that position and that's working the bicep from the fully stretched position up to kind of the mid and mostly fully contracted position. Now the fully contracted position, um, it's a little bit more difficult. This is where cables can sometimes come into it but I'll try and just describe what a fully contracted bicep looks like. So you sat down on a chair, um, bend the arm like you've done a bicep curl. So obviously the hand and fist is coming up towards the shoulder. And now I want you to lift your elbow up in front of you, kind of not in front of your face, but up level with your chin. And you're almost kind of in a position there like where you're brushing your teeth. That's pretty much a oh, bloody text message in the middle of a podcast. What idiot doesn't put the phone on silent? Um, Elbows up like you're kind of brushing your teeth and that is pretty much a fully contracted bicep because the bicep does actually um, work to lift the, the uh, upper arm and the shoulder up at the front. And the best way to do this sometimes is to put a cable on its highest setting, arm up, grab it, come away from it obviously a little bit and then keeping the elbow high, you just bend in and curl in that like you're throwing something over your shoulder. Like you're throwing a bit of salt for good luck over your shoulder and that's all you're kind of doing. Um, if you can't picture this, drop me a message. Um, <laughs> I'll be back on social media in a few days. So by the time you listen to this and you're pondering it, I'll probably be there. Um, or drop me an email at theonlinecoachco at gmail.com and I'll, I'll just explain it to you. Um, this is really important. It doesn't seem like it, but over the long run, getting stronger and, and stimulating um, the muscle fibers and the biceps in these fully stretched and fully contracted positions is hugely important for optimizing your progress. Now, the only other little thing that I would say at this point to maximize your progress is 
the only other movement that the bicep does is, um, is it supinate? Supinate. Supinate? Someone's going to correct me on that if it's wrong, but I'm going to roll with it. And it's basically, you know, people do a little twist at the top of the bicep curl where they lift um, the pinky up towards the ceiling. That's all it does, basically. The bicep actually works just to kind of rotate the forearm, lifting the pinky up towards the ceiling and lifting the palm up to the ceiling. So as you get into that full contraction of your bicep curl towards the top, think about driving the ring finger and the little, uh, little finger up through the dumbbell towards the ceiling. And you'll just, almost, if you just do that now, sat there, Go to your bicep curl, and now just twist the little finger up towards the ceiling as hard as you can. You'll actually feel the bicep tense more, and that's just kind of hitting those last few, um, that last little bit of range that the bicep does. And that is a movement of the bicep. So if you don't do it, you're missing a little percentage of movement that the bicep can do, and you're missing a little bit of work it can do. Well, take it, because it might only be 1-2%, but one, 2% over two or three workouts a week, over a month, over a year, is a lot. Maximize it, go for it. And that is pretty much it for this episode. Um, so we started off grumpy and running, and we finished with massive biceps. And that's pretty much it. Be sure to actually work the biceps as well over a variety of rep ranges like any other muscle. So do some heavier weight and lower reps with longer rest periods between them because it's going to be more taxing of maybe eh, five or six reps with perfect form perfect form and then do some higher rep lower rest sets towards the end to burn out um, and actually force that growth on top of the the strength exercises that you did in the beginning and that is pretty much it so to quickly recap initiate the movement with the bicep use only the bicep to do the movement through the whole range work it in the fully contracted the fully strengthened position and don't forget to twist at the top watch out for kev do exercises where you actually feel the bicep working the most if you don't feel it working there's a very very good chance it isn't working stay chipper gyms will be open again soon is it going to be the 2nd of december how long are they going to be open again till they shut for Christmas? And then we've got to look forward to the New Year's resolutionness. But, eh, it's all good news, I guess. It is what it is. 2020, did we expect any different? Nope. But yeah, that pretty much wraps up the episode. So next week, I'm going to attempt something a little bit different just to mix it up and keep it fresh. Um, which I am trying to do every so often with like the odd review and you know stuff like that. But I'm going to actually um, have somebody on. Um, they've pre-recorded basically their fitness journey, not from start to finish, but kind of, um, and their journey and things that have worked for them. Um, and they're just detailing the, like I said, the the health and fitness journey they've been on. Um, and I'm just kind of not going to critique it because that sounds really weird, but um, just kind of sift through it and go through a few of the, the talking points on the things that have worked for them that haven't worked for them and just kind of comment and give my opinion, really. So it's just something a little bit different. Um, but yeah, apart from that, look forward to that episode next week. Stay chipper. We'll be back in the gym soon. As always, guys, thank you very much for listening and I will see you or speak to you. I always make that. I'll see you next week. Take care.